Hey guys, and welcome to the first podcast of Crime Voice. Um, I just want to clarify that this podcast is basically going to talk about missing people and unsolved murders with a couple of solved murders here and there. Um, just because I want this platform to be a voice for families and victims that haven't gotten justice and um, for those missing people um to get their names out there so that we can see them and bring them home. Um, so this first case is about a girl named Leslie Palacio and this took place in Las Vegas. Um, this case blows my mind. Um, and I want to get out, I want to get the word out there because it's different than what we actually hear on a daily basis. Most cases, we are looking for the body or we are looking for the person or we are looking for who did it. And in this case, we know all of this information. So the reason I want to do this case as our first case is because it is so fresh and I want people to look out for the people involved. Um, one of them has been captured and we'll get that to that later on in the episode. Um, but the other one is actually he has warrants for his arrest and so i'm using this so hopefully we can bring justice to leslie and her family so let's start with who leslie was leslie palacio was a 22 year old woman who lived in las vegas she was the second of five daughters and she embraced the mother role you know if you have multiple daughters, one of them is bound to play the mother role, um, just like in a friend situation. Um, so she was known as the caretaker. Her family said that everyone who met Leslie loved her and she loved everyone she met. She always worried about her family and their well-being. She was always cooking for her family, and because her mom worked long hours, she would make sure her mom didn't have to cook when she got home. So Leslie would be in the kitchen making dinner, and her mom would come in and try to help, and Leslie would just shoot her out of the kitchen. If she was out at school studying to be a phlebotomist, then she would always call in and make sure her sisters had eaten, um, make sure everybody was okay. Um, but she was also urging her mom to quit her job as a housekeeper that kept her out on very long nights and days and always talked to her sisters about going to college. During 2020 and COVID, her mom got furloughed from her housekeeping job and Leslie told her that it would be okay. And that was always her, um, saying to her mom, like, everything's going to be fine. Um, because of this. Leslie really wanted to help her mom start her own cleaning company. That way she wasn't um, relying on a company. She can make her own hours. She could. She didn't have to worry about being furloughed or laid off. Like she just, she had a secure job. Um, the week that she went missing, they landed their first contract. So things were looking up. Things were looking bright. Everything was going well um another thing the family misses is she would take her sisters on hikes or to the gym um but when the gyms closed down she they said that she would um take them out back like there was no excuse you were gonna make sure that you stayed healthy and she would make up workouts to do in the backyard um she was an all-around just like great girl like someone you wanted to be friends with 
so let's go on to what happened. On August 28th, um, Leslie got a text message from Eric Rangel Ibarra at around midnight saying he was going to the Longhorn Casino asking her to go. Um, so Eric Rangel Ibarra is her, is her godmom's son. So basically they've known each other for over 10 years. Leslie, um, usually says no, but this night she decided to say yes. So Leslie agreed and she told her sister she would keep in contact. Leslie was the type to always be on her phone and always be in contact with her family. At around 4 a.m., one of Leslie's sisters got a text from her saying, I need to talk to you about some shit. Basically, she was like, hey, like, things ain't right. I need to talk to you about this shit. Um, And I want to be very clear that at this moment, it hasn't been confirmed that the text uh, said that she sent was meaning she wanted to talk about Eric, um, but she did say she needed to talk to her sister about something. Her sister wrote back almost immediately asking her about what, and her sister read the message. Um, So Leslie read this message, but never responded back. Um, Her sister thought this was weird, but she was like, okay, maybe she got caught up in the moment. Um, She really didn't like think too much of it. But when her sister didn't respond for a little while, um, she continued to text her and realized that her iMessage quit working. So this could have meant like she lost service or um, that the phone was turned off or just something wasn't right because the messages, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but... um, with an iPhone, if the messages are blue, then that means, you know, your phone's on, it's working, it's perfectly fine. But if it turns to green, that means it's either normally turned off. Um, now, her sister did say that it might have been because she got dis- disconnected from the internet, Um or her phone died, but her sister says that isn't like Leslie. Leslie always was on her phone. Leslie was always in communication. So this was just weird to her. About an hour later, um, around 5.40 a.m., her sister was looking through her messages because she just thought everything was a little off. And it looked like Leslie's phone turned back on. Basically, she said that it it looked like someone was typing and then the bubble dots just disappeared and her sister never got a message back. So that being weird to her, um, she called her sister to make sure everything was okay, but her phone went straight to voicemail like it like it was turned off again. So... <clears throat> Her sister was like, mm, she never has, Leslie never has her phone off. So she, so because she thought this was really weird, um, 
she kind of like she was worried but she kind of just brushed it off because she was with a family friend um and the family really didn't think too much about it and thought that maybe she was just having phone problems the Rangel family and Leslie's family had been friends for 15 years like I said earlier so Eric's mom was very close to Leslie's moms and like so close that they made like uh Leslie's mom made um Eric's mom her godmom so there was just a lot of history and trust between these two families so they just assumed like maybe she drank too much maybe like something just yes it was weird for her but maybe she just kind of let loose this night they weren't really too worried about it but even with all this trust in history it didn't explain why leslie never showed back up that night or the next morning or why she couldn't uh she couldn't be gotten a hold of so her family decided to immediately report her missing so i don't know if you're true to the new crime or the true i don't know if you're new to the true crime but you find it very um it's a pattern pretty much that police if you're not a minor they kind of don't jump on that uh, missing persons report and they don't really start looking for you because you know you're an adult you can do whatever you want and this is exactly what happened to leslie so um Like I said, the family went immediately to report her missing, but the police didn't really take the situation seriously because again, she was 22 years old. They they heard that, you know, she went out with a guy friend that that night and, you know, maybe they just ran off together. Um, so this kind of pushed back the investigation just a little bit. <clears throat> but the family was adamant that she wouldn't do that. She had everything going for her and was about to graduate. She just wouldn't leave. The family was posting flyers and searching for her because the police weren't doing much and they knew her. So the family was like, screw you. I'm going to do my own investigation and I'm going to look for her because y'all won't. Which, to be honest, I would do the same thing. Um... From what I could find, I don't know what happened, but two days later, the police had said they kept trying to get a hold of Eric to see if he knew where she was or get a rundown about what happened the night they were together, but they realized Eric was missing as well. Um, There's like nothing between the time they tried to report her missing and then two days later. And then all of a sudden, the police were like, oh, hey, (laughs) we can't find Eric either. So the situation gets a little bit weird, um, even more than it already is. Um, But it gets weird because so was his father. His father had just up and left as well. They couldn't find Leslie, they couldn't find Eric, and they couldn't find Eric's father. The Palacio family was very worried because they thought something happened to Eric and Leslie while they were out, but this didn't explain why Eric's father was missing as well. This is just the start of the bizarre things that the Ibarra family has done. 
The Palacio family expected the mother to be devastated, but she was anything but. She didn't seem worried or panicked, and they were very uncooperative with the police. So I read and um, I read an article, but I also listened to um, Leslie's mom in an interview, and she said that she went up to the Abara household and was like knocking on the door, trying to like get her friend to come out and try to explain to her like if she's heard from Eric, if she's heard from the father, if she's heard from Leslie, if she knew anything, and. Leslie's mom says they were just acting so weird. Her friend would barely open the door, would barely speak to her, wouldn't answer any questions. So, like, sketch, right? Neighbors in the Rangel family neighborhood had many neighbors report that they had many people coming to their home buying their items. Um, They also... Leslie's mom had a friend be like, whoa, this is weird. Like, why isn't she talking to you? Go up and, um, like, drive by the Ibarra household to see if he could get any answers. And he ended up taking videos of the Ibarra family, like the mother and the sisters, standing outside selling all their items or just getting rid of it. Like, after 20 years, you're just going to sell all your stuff? What? <sighs> um, so, that had been multiple people just saying that people were coming to their home, buying their items. Then the day that Eric and his father were reported missing, the whole family, a family of five, moved. Just got up and left. And mind you, I've been, I told, like, like I mentioned, this family had been living in this house for 20 years. Like, no for sale sign, no anything. So, again, sus, right? This family moved from a house that they had lived in for 20 years. <clears throat> and um, one of the Palacios family friends managed to snap pictures of the uh, Ibarra family loading things into a moving truck and just getting out of there. The police showed up just minutes after this happened and um, they searched the home because it was abandoned. They were allowed to just go in and search. Um, I'm sure they got a warrant too, but um, I think they started preliminary searches right before they got the warrant. But don't quote me on that. By September 3rd, authorities finally came out and said there was foul play and the homicide team took over the case. Authorities searched the house and they found blood splatter in Eric's room. And it was proven to be human blood, but they haven't confirmed it was Leslie's. But I'm sure at this point, we can all make our own assumptions, correct? So... I told you at the beginning they went to the Longhorn Casino. And this is whenever the homicide team decided to actually open an investigation and figure everything out. So they went to the Longhorn Casino and they asked for the surveillance tapes. And it shows Eric and Leslie leaving the casino at 2 a.m. 
and everything looked fine. It looked like two friends having dinner, just having a good day. There is more footage that was collected of Eric at two bars later in the early morning hours, but nowhere does it state that Leslie was with him. And again, it could be that it was just worded correctly or worded weird or um, worded incorrectly. But as far as I can find and physically be able to tell you, it didn't state that Leslie was with him. Authorities knew that they had been drinking, but they had no answers, so they went to talk to Eric's neighbors, and what they found was truly disturbing. So at 6 a.m., Eric's car is found pulling into the family's home, and it shows Eric pulling Leslie out of his car, and they both enter the house. So when I tell you that Eric is pulling Leslie out of his car, he's physically having to pick her up and carry her inside and her body is just limp like it looks I she might have been either too drunk or she was drugged but she physically could not walk on her own then 45 minutes later Eric leaves the home alone shirtless and with just some blue jeans on And then around 7 a.m., he shows back up to the house with Jose, his father, and they are spotted carrying a limp body out of the house, presumably Leslie, and they put her in the back of the truck. So, police are already thinking this is weird, and I'm sure everybody can assume what we're going to hear next. Because nothing, nothing can be good after what we just heard. So after they put Leslie's body back in the truck, you see Jose with a water hose hosing off the driveway that they just walked her over and then they drive off. So at this point, authorities have basically seen disposing of a body. They can't specifically say that this is that this is what it is, but that's what they believe they are watching. They get a warrant for Eric's cell phone records, and they see he made a phone call to a friend from the Valley of Fire that morning. When they got in contact with this friend, they got more confirmation that they did see exactly what they thought was happening. Eric's friend stated he called him that morning stating he needed gas and that he couldn't be seen. So he wanted his friend to go buy him gas from a gas station and bring it to him. When the friend asked why not, Eric responded responded by saying, I killed her name. I killed Leslie. And she's in the back of my truck. Authorities had a good idea of where to search now. So the red them and the Red Rock Search and Rescue head out to the Valley of Fire to start the search. After searching on September 9th, Leslie's remains were found. Authorities at this point announced there were warrants issued for Eric and Jose. Eric is facing charges for Ove murder and destroying or concealing evidence and Jose is facing charges for destroying or concealing 
evidence harboring a fugitive and accessory after the fact. There are a lot of different articles that have been blacked out, but initially the father wasn't a suspect, but now they are for sure. Meanwhile, Leslie's family was destroyed. They had a visual that 200 people showed up to. Even her teachers showed up. I have also seen that they even honored her at the graduation that she would have attended if Eric wouldn't have taken her life. It's just so suspicious that Eric's family just moved. They put a bolo out on the white Ford F-150, and I think that they tried hard to track Eric and Jose's movements, but if you look at the family's Facebook pages, it is debated on whether they tried hard at all. Um, I will like to say that since I did this part of their research, all of Eric and Jose's family has deleted everything, every social media page. Um, despite that, though, authorities did track Eric and Jose to a family member's house in Moreno Valley on August 29th, the night that they dumped Leslie's body. No one is sure how they tracked them there, and it isn't clear if they talked to the family. They did find out that they asked their family to help them cross into Mexico, but the family refused. They tried to find the truck, and they did find... They ended up finding this truck in Paris, California, but it was abandoned. We don't know if they were picked up or if they were on a bus. Pictures of both these men circulated everywhere, but a lot of speculation ran wild online. Authorities were never able to catch Eric or Jose. They did say they used they used Find My iPhone and it pinged in Mexico. But authorities won't reveal where in Mexico. It has not been released the cause of manner of death, but seeing as they still don't have both of these people in custody i don't see why that would be relevant to what we need to know all we need to know is who they're looking for and why so just recently on january 31st jose ibarra turned himself in on the border of san diego um he has been arraigned and he has been charged uh from what i seen on february 24th um but he is still holding strong to the fact that he does not know where eric is um and that's sad um because she's still Leslie's family and Leslie still have not gotten justice. So please be on the lookout for him. Um, it is, he could be in San Diego. He could be in Tijuana. Um, he could be literally anywhere. Um, he could be in any of the Southern border states. Eric has nothing super recognizable about him. Um, he is 5'6", 173 pounds. Um, right now, with masks being worn, it is easy to disguise. <clears throat> it's very important to memorize this information. And if you see Eric out or have any information about this, or where Eric could be found, please call the Moapa Police Department. 
I want to give credit to Daniel Hallen. Um, please look up her YouTube. Um, she was the first one that I saw report about this and it hasn't really gone very further than that. And that's why I felt like this one was such an important case to cover because there's a killer still out there and I doubt he would kill once and then just not kill again. Um, I think it is so important for all of us to come together and help these families out. I also want to make it clear that I am not an investigator reporter. All of our information comes from news sources and the family's Facebook page. Please do your own research. Please be on the lookout. We will talk to you again next Tuesday with another case that needs your attention. Thank you for listening.